I got a billion dollar mindset, steady as a flow, navigating all my time spent, letting niggas know. Billion dollar, billion dollar. Hey yo, what is going on? Welcome to the show, Into the Mind. I'm your host, Marlon Johnson, and I'm a parkour athlete turned real estate investor. I spent the last eight years of my life studying mindset of elite performers and applying those lessons to my own life. In my pursuit for success, I've sought out wisdom from mentors who are doing exactly what I want to do in all areas of life. So I've asked that they share their wins and losses with me, and in my search for those answers, this podcast was born. I wanted to share that valuable advice that I was receiving from successful entrepreneurs investors and world-class athletes so thank you all for tuning in this show is for free and my guests do give their precious time to be here so i do ask for something in exchange to show our thanks i ask that the price of admission be you share this if you get any value you go onto your social media you share it with your friends you share it with your family you share it with your co-workers you share it with people in the streets look my goal is to influence 1 million people to invest in themselves and to unlock their own potential and i can't do that alone here so we are officially recording awesome what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of into the mind I'm your host, Marlon Johnson, and today my guest is Robin, mobile home queen, Crawley. And (laughs) Robin is an absolute force who's leading the charge in a niche sector in the real estate investment world. And by this, I mean, when most people think of real estate investing, they're thinking of massive single home families. They're thinking of big apartment buildings or commercial homes. Robin's found a sector that's extremely lucrative, and that's the world of mobile homes. So she's tapped into this pipeline and has a pretty interesting business model. So today we're going to deep dive into her business as well as deep dive into the mindset that she had to cultivate in order to achieve the success that she's had as an investor and a coach. So Robin, welcome to the show. Thanks, Marlon. Glad to be here. I'm excited. Yeah, so am I. We've been trying to get this together for a little while. A little bit. Check this out. I'm going to ask you a pretty typical question, and it's usually pretty standard. I'm sure you've had this a million times, but for the people who don't know you, what got you into real estate investing and just entrepreneurship to begin with? Well, so my parents were entrepreneurs, and um, they owned a bar and restaurant in Milwaukee. Um, Yeah, I know. I I don't think I ever told you that before, but I know that you invest in Milwaukee. So um, I went to high school there. And um, in Milwaukee, it's very like neighborhoody. So we lived above it. So it's, you know, you live it, you breathe it, you know, you're, you're in, you're in the thick of things. You know, I was tapping beer at the age of six. Uh, No joke. (laughs) It was, uh, it was really like a family type restaurant and bar. So, um, you know, I grew up not really knowing parents that, worked in nine to five. So we, we worked a 365. Um, and, uh, I just never liked the, you know, punching a clock thing. Um, you know, I got pregnant at 16 and um, I had to just figure it out. You know, I moved out with my boyfriend who ended up being my husband and, um, you know, I was 16 years old. And back then it was like, no, I'm sorry. You need your parents' permission to get a job. And I, so I needed to go get emancipated. And that was like a whole thing. And by the time I actually got emancipated, I was almost 18 anyway. So I had to go clean offices at night. And that's how I started my entrepreneurship journey. But I went to business high school. Um, I learned entrepreneurship in high school we had a store in high school. So it's like, I, I always had the entrepreneurship bug and um, there was no other option for me, really. <laughs> um, really how was. have I known you for like the last two years and not known any of this? Yeah. Yeah. That's so crazy. That's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool. And, you know, in my school, we got to actually, so year one was entrepreneurship. So freshman, you learned everything. Like you learned what PNL was and how to determine net gross, uh, net income, gross income, all of that. Then year two was creating a business plan. Year three, you presented your business plan to actual banks to get a loan. And then you um, put your, your plan to work. So my girlfriend and I started a greeting card and like balloon business in the school. 
and it was really successful and we did a really good job. So it was exciting. And then I got pregnant. So, <laughs> you know, well, that's so cool, right. Because yeah. that's a real skill and that's something that, you know, we don't see as often anymore. I know if they offered it in my school, no one told me about it. And I'm sure they didn't offer it because I would have loved to have signed up for something like that, where you actually get to utilize the skill. And that's how we learn. It's by actually going through the trials and going through the tribulation. So essentially you had to figure things out, right? You were in a situation where you were pregnant at a young age, you left home and you had to make things work. Yeah. So from there, was it immediately going into real estate? Were there other ventures along the way? Cause I know when you and I first met, you actually were running a virtual assistant company, which I was just like, holy heck, like this is crazy. Yeah. So what have been the, I guess I would say, what was the lineage? Oh gosh. So, um, well, my parents had rental properties my entire life. Um, so on the weekends I would go learn, you know, I would go with them. I wasn't, I didn't realize I was learning, but I was learning. Um, I was probably the only four-year-old that knew what granite was. Um, <laughs> but no, I did not dive into real estate because it was such a far reach for me. I did not know what I know today and that you can buy it with no money. So I did everything in the sun. I'm talking, um, you know, MLM, um, I've done, geez, if you could think about it, I did it. I had my own cleaning company for, for a long time. I started a, a nonprofit called Alyssa's closet and uh, so I just, I just, it, I just didn't stop. Like I needed to figure it out. And I always just hustled. I've just been hustling my entire life. It's just like, I'm on go mode all the time. Like, okay, I figured this out. Now, what else can I figure out? Um, I've had eBay stores and, you know, all of it. Like if you mention it, I probably did it <laughs> at some point. And then um, I got, I accidentally fell into a construction job and um, the owner, so I moved from Wisconsin to Florida. And when I lived in Wisconsin, I did have a really high paying nine to five job, but it's because I owned a marketing company. So they hired me for my marketing skills. So I was kind of like, I had my own company within a company, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my ex-husband was a golfer and he said, I really want to try to be professional. So we moved to Florida and I couldn't find a job because I was making six plus figures and everything was like 30 grand a year. And finally, this guy, I go to a temp service and this guy owns a construction company and he goes, I just need an office manager, like somebody just to organize things. You're going to leave me. And I said, well, just consider it the best six month investment you're ever going to get. Like you're going to get a, you know, a CEO in an office manager position. I have kids. I need to feed them. I will do anything. And he, I worked for a month and then he got extremely ill and he didn't come to work for six months. Not one day he did not come into the office. So it was like, I had to just figure it out. I had to figure out everything in the construction business and um, I was designing, I never designed before, but I was like, okay, you need a new kitchen. This is, this countertop kind of looks like this goes with this cabinet. Okay. And then when he came back, he was like, you are actually really naturally good at this. And I think you should do this for a living. And um, that was it. I, I, I just took off from there and I did kitchens, bathrooms, and then just got into construction. Then we got rental properties and I haven't looked back. It's I love been, uh, that. 18 years. <laughs> so I love that, right? And I want to highlight that because essentially, I think there's a, a mistake where a lot of folks think that it's, you have it all figured out from day one, right? You've got it all figured out from Jump Street. You just launch a perfect success. And that's not the case. It is a ton of trial and error. It's a lot of figuring it out, figuring out what works for you. It's going to be putting on a lot of different hats. And ultimately, if you have that entrepreneurial spirit, the skills are transferable, right? What you do in one location, whether it's your nine to five or whether it's an entrepreneurial journey that you start 
off where maybe, you know, it didn't quite work, but you were excited about it. If you really put your all into it, you're able to take every lesson into the next endeavor. And I love that because you have like a tenacity about you where it's, you're going to sit down, you're going to figure it out. You're going to make it work. Right. I love what you said, right? Like I got to feed my baby, right? You got to take care of your family. So you have a strong enough why, and you're able to use that as fuel, right? So I absolutely love that because one thing that you do as well is you promote something that we don't get to see as often, at least in my world, I don't see it as often, which is the fact that a lot of women are capable of doing this as well, right? You're an advocate for women stepping into entrepreneurship and investing, right? So with that being said, you promote that it's possible to do this on your own or not necessarily on your own. Let me correct that, but it's possible for a woman to do this even without a man. I love that message, right? What do you find is one of the biggest, I would say, hangups when it comes to, you know, some of the women stepping into entrepreneurship? Like, where do you find that they get stuck and what do you help them with? Well, so for me in my entrepreneurship journey, my biggest obstacle was my husband. Um, He was not an entrepreneur and I was trying to make him one. You know, I tried to mold him into somebody that he wasn't. He did not understand my journey. He did not understand my drive. I remember in uh, 2008 when the economy crashed and we lost everything. Um, I just was like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? Well, I bake really well. Okay. I can start baking um, cakes and cupcakes and sell them. And I told him, I said, I want to open up a small cupcake shop, a small bakery. And he's like, a cupcake shop will never survive. I don't know what you're thinking, but how much are you going to have to charge for a cupcake in order to pay all your bills? And so I figured out and I did the math and I was like, this could actually work. And he's like, nobody's going to go to a cupcake shop, Robin. (laughs) And guess what happened? Everybody opened up a cupcake shop and (laughs) people were selling their businesses for like $60 million. And, you know, all of a sudden there's like cupcake shops and Disney and vending machines. And I was like, man, you know, so it's like, if you don't have Um, a partner next to you that is understands your drive and understands that you want something bigger and better. And even like to this day, uh, like a year ago, he said to me, he goes, Robin, why don't you just go get a job? You could just, you could make so much money with all your skills and you don't have to work the weekends and you don't have to do this. And I was like, because I like the fact that I can decide on a Thursday I'm going to go take a hike or I'm going to sit at the beach. Um, I don't, I don't like answering to anybody and it's just not who I am. So still today we're not married. We've been divorced since 2016, but we're good friends. Um, He still is like, I don't get it. Go get a job. Um, So I think that's our biggest um, obstacle, right? Like we, we need that support system. We need somebody to say, you got this, you can do it. I believe in you. And If that's not this person, I didn't realize that I could seek elsewhere for it. You know, like who can I reach out to? Who can I network with? You know, social media was, you know, not what it is today. Mm -hmm. And so I really didn't have that. So I think that for women, if they don't have that, you know, now there's so much out there available, you know, there's groups and there's different events and things that you can go to. But all I have to say is that it's never going to be perfect, you know, and even if you, even if your, you know, your support system is like all intact, you know, I did an interview with a a girl yesterday. It's on my YouTube channel. And she said, you know, she has, she's part of five children. Um, Three of them are entrepreneurs, two are not, but the two that are not are very supportive. Like, Hey, I believe in you. I know you have this, go get it. And that's so important. So if you're that person, If you're not the entrepreneur, you know, it's good to just, you know, cheerlead the other person and just kind of, hey, I believe in you. I think you got this. You know, I'm not saying be, you know, passe, you know, somebody's like, oh, I want to go be the president of the United States and they failed, you know, U.S. history. (laughs) Maybe they have to go get some education first, but 
you have the ability to do it. And I believe you have the ability to do it. And that's so important. I love that, right? Because it truly is important. And it's been a reoccurring theme uh, in my world for the last month. It's been something I've been saying a lot about, which is I call it the campfire effect. And I learned this from uh, my buddy, Cody Barton. He referred to it as being able to come back to the campfire as often as possible. I think that's me. That's uh, you. Okay, so it's the the campfire effect. And guys, that happens, right? When we're in life, we can't always predict everything. So hopefully you bear with me on that. Um, But we call it the campfire effect. And it's this idea that in order to get to a certain level of success, you do want to surround yourself with the right people. You want to bring the right people into your campfire. And as entrepreneurs, you want to find individuals that will add a little bit of fuel to your flame, right? They're not going to let the fire go out. Whereas sometimes people, especially when we have loyalty, right? We find it hard to cut ties with individuals because we care about them. And the challenge is, although we do care about them, they aren't helping to grow the dream. And if we want to take care of the dream and we want to see it grow, we actually do them a disservice and we do ourselves a disservice by staying there, staying in that relationship. By actually cutting ties and releasing them, you actually open up a space for the new right person who would actually benefit from that relationship with you. And you also free up the other individual where they belong somewhere else with someone that's going to help them accelerate on their own path. So I love that you take note of that. You know, everyone should have a support system. I want thousand percent agree with you yeah so you're in the mobile home business now you are the queen of mobile homes can you explain how in the world did you go from everything to now being in mobile homes I'm very interested to know well um you know I I built mansions in Miami like on the Venetian Island where, you know, they're 15, $20 million homes surrounding. And that's my, that was my life in Miami. And um, it was, it was great. I was also um, fixing and flipping myself. I was wholesaling, not even realized that I was, that that's what it was. Like I was just putting probate um, properties. I was just taking them. And then I was like, Hey, in my network, I know you flip. I got this one. Do you want it? you know, give me 10 grand, it's yours. So I was kind of like dabbling in all kinds of real estate at this point. And then um, in 2018, um, I was in a really bad relationship. And um, I almost lost my life one night, he was an addict. And um, he was just completely out of control. The next day, I was like, "Um, I can't do this anymore. I said that's to myself, not him, by the way. I I have to make a change. I had been planning on it. I've been saving, saving, saving to make that change. And um, I just decided that I, it didn't matter what was in my bank account. I just had to go because what good was my life if it, if I wasn't here anymore. <laughs> and um, so I packed up my car and I went across uh, to Tampa. I was in Miami and I stayed with a girlfriend and when I got there, um, I had turned off my location and all of that. And, you know, I left my car because my car belonged to him. And then he found my bank account and he emptied it, leaving me $300. So I was jobless, homeless, carless, and I only had $300 to my name. So I really had to figure out my life really, really fast. And so I said, okay, what do I know? I went to a RIA event and I just these are my skills. I talk to everybody. What do you need? Do you need a designer? I can help you design your house. You know, I can help you do this. I can help you do that. And within six weeks, I was in my own place. So, um, talk about hustle. I had to, you know, I had to figure it out really, really fast. And I did, but, um, I was at church one day and somebody heard my story and she said, Hey, I, I run this specialty. It's like a domestic abuse shelter for higher end people. Meaning like if you're being abused and your husband is a billionaire, he has 
um, access to different types of things to like track you down and stuff like that, that maybe a normal guy wouldn't. So they're almost like in hiding. And, um, and she said, I was wondering if you would be willing to speak to them. And so I did. And then I started teaching them wholesaling real estate. And that's not easy to do if you don't have money. Um, I know a lot of people are like, oh, you can wholesale with no money, but you really, really can't. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's like, okay, here's some of my leads that I have. You guys can call them. It was kind of working, but not really. And then um, in 2019, somebody said mobile homes to me. And I'm like, do you, like, do you know who I am? Do you, do you know what I've done? I built mansions in Miami and you're talking to me about mobile homes. That's not sexy. I'm sorry. No. Mm -mm. And then, um, and then I saw it again, early part of 2020. And I was like, okay, I hear you. I'm listening. What is it? And, uh, and then I learned the ROIs and I'm like, wow, the cash on cash returns on mobile homes are 200, 300, 400% sometimes. Okay. Tell me more. And then I learned that you can really wholesale with no money so I thought, my girls need to hear this. My girls need to know this. And so I have to learn everything there is about this asset class for one reason and one reason only, to help these women survive. And that's really what I did. I just, it was like, this is my mission and I have to complete it. Because I feel like uh, my divine assignment is to serve women. And so it doesn't matter where, what that looks like to me. Um, if you come to me and you say, you know what, Robin, um, I really want to learn Airbnb. Okay. I'll find somebody for you. Let's go learn Airbnb together. Um, so learning mobile homes for me was just part of that journey. And then I have, I don't, I don't even do single family anymore. I only do mobile homes. That's all I do every day. Wow. That's insane. I love that you, you come from a, having a servant's heart, right? So you're doing this really to serve. And again, it's so important to understand your why. I think it's become so cliche that people don't give it the value that it really deserves. But when you do know your why, it will allow you to find the path, right? You will figure out what the next step is. And even if you don't, you're still going to take action if your why is strong enough. If it pulls yeah. you, it'll pull you in a direction. So I yeah. love that, you know, the mobile homes almost had to like knock you over the head a couple of times for you to realize that it does serve your purpose and it does serve your community and it serves your tribe. So yeah. with that, right, I mean, you've been in the space now for since what, 2019, you know, what have you found to be one of the biggest pains in mobile homes? And what have you found to also be the biggest opportunity in mobile homes? So I think the biggest pain is what stopped me from getting into it is ego. Um, a lot of real estate investors, they're just like, why are you talking to me about mobile homes? They're dirty, they're nasty, they're trailer trash, you know? Um, so that's the biggest obstacle is the stigma around it. Um, I would say from 2019 to the end of 2021, it's really, really changing. People are coming to me from my real estate world saying, tell me more about these mobile homes. I want in on them. And, um, you know, we have, we set up 10 different exit strategies for mobile homes. It's exactly the same as real estate, only you can actually have an income property for $10,000. So imagine you get $500 a month off 10 grand. That's, That's amazing. Great. <laughs> it's amazing, right? So it's just a matter of that's my biggest obstacle is just educating people because I have the inventory. I have, you know, easily at one time, 80 to 100 mobile homes that I could help people, um, you know, uh, get into the mobile home space, but it's like, they don't get it. So it's just educating them. That's the, that's my first obstacle. And then the opportunity is what I just said. I mean, you can have consistent cash flow and it's, it's crazy and it's amazing. I charge 12% on my RTOs 
and people pay them willingly. And, um, you know, you're serving a purpose. There's a, such a need for affordable housing. Mm-hmm. Most parks are sitting on dirty, gross, vacant units that need a ton of TLC. And once those get, you know, fixed up, then that just gives an, a family an opportunity to buy a piece of property. That is the dream, right? We all have a dream of a property ownership. And now you're giving it to somebody that otherwise couldn't afford uh, their own place, but now it's theirs and you helped in that. And doesn't that feel great? And plus you make great money doing it. <laughs> right. Well, I think that's like uh, really amazing because I know a few weeks ago, you and I were on the phone and you absolutely blew my mind with a strategy that you utilize, right? Where you actually work with in tandem with homes, right? With uh, parks, and you'll actually go to them and find some of their homes that are offline. And you'll actually, you know, take it out of your own pocket to fix these homes up, right? You'll get the resources, you'll get the crews, and you will fix it up so that families can move back into the homes, right? And I thought that was just absolutely amazing because now for the parks, you're providing a service. And then for the community, you're absolutely right. Affordable housing is in high demand. I mean, there's a reason even Warren Buffett, right? One of the arguably one of the greatest investors of our time is in mobile homes heavily, right? So I love that you serve a purpose and you're also able to make money because a lot of people think the two of those cannot coexist. Right. We need to show them that it's totally, that's just false. That is a myth. You can absolutely make money. And in fact, I think you make more money when you provide more value. Absolutely. And I think also a lot of people think, um, oh, I can't make money in when I'm investing such a small amount. You know, um, if you if I go in and I purchase ten mobile homes and I need to fix them, I know that I have to have a hundred thousand dollars to do that. But then I'm turning that hundred thousand into two hundred and fifty thousand dollars or more if I'm taking payments on it. So I think. Uh, a lot of times they think, oh, you're you're selling that mobile home for $4,500. How am I going to make money off of that? Well, because you're going to fix it up and then you're going to sell it for twenty two dollars or $23,000. Are you going to put on payments? So I think, you know, a lot of times we get, the, we get this thought process of, oh, um, you know, I need to buy a building. How many times have you heard, <laughs> I need to buy a building? And it's like, guess what? You don't have to buy a building. You could just buy mobile homes and it provides the same type of um re- or the a better return you know because a lot of times you buy a building and you cash flow maybe 150 200 a door and here you can cash flow three to five hundred dollars a door so the cash flow is there yeah. i think another thing um with mobile homes is that people get stuck in their head that it's a depreciating asset and it's a depreciating asset to like Bank of America, you know, Bank of America isn't going to give you a loan for it. You do have to come with cash, but I can sell a 1960 mobile home that's fixed up for the exact same amount that I could sell a 1994 mobile home. I mean, the year at some point, they just, they don't really matter anymore. It's what condition that they're in. So I think those two, those two things really stop a lot of people from entering this space. That's interesting. I I like that because that's a different perspective. And I think that's something a lot of folks haven't ever thought about, right? Where essentially when people do give things uh, like depreciation, they're like, oh yeah, that thing is losing value all the time. Well, you're right. If you're going to that sector, if you're going over there and talking to those individuals, but when you turn to the right and you're talking to a family who's looking to own a piece of the American dream, they want home ownership. They want a beautiful, clean house that they can live in. Yeah. They will pay for that, right? And they will receive the value because to them, it is valuable. So I love that because I've never heard anybody put it like that. That was such like an aha moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like beauty's in the eye of its beholder Mm -hmm. kind of a situation. Like the value is in the the eye of whoever is going to be buying it or whatever service um, it provides to the end user. Right. Right. So I think that's the biggest thing too, right? Um, You know, a lot of folks, you know, aren't educated in the mobile home space, right? Because I think they might get excited. They can hear about the ROIs, 
and then they end up, you know, maybe possibly finding a property on, let's say, Facebook for 5000 bucks, and they think, great, I found a deal, and they jump right in. So what's one of the biggest mistakes that you see newer investors in the mobile home space making that could possibly be avoided if they just took the time to slow down and learn? So a lot of, a, a lot um, of what has happened, especially in the past 18 months or so, is that real estate wholesalers have jumped into mobile home wholesaling. And so when you wholesale a mobile home, generally speaking, of course, there's exception to every rule, but you're not going to put a $10,000 assignment fee on a mobile home, but they come in and they do it. And then some people pay it. So they come in and are like, oh, this, I got this mobile home for $12,500. And you're like, well, you know, it's only worth two. So, but they, they could, they're coming from real estate, right? So they're used to buying 50, 60, 70, $80,000 properties. And so a $12,000 one is a steal, not realizing that they definitely overpaid for it. So there's no real comps in mobile homes. You know, you can't go to the MLS. Uh, you can't go to like Zillow or, you know, Trulia. You just, we don't have that. So you really have to be educated in the mobile home space to understand what it's worth and to make sure you're paying the right amount for it. Because a lot of people just overpay and then they're stuck with it or they overbuild. They try to HGTV it, as I like to say. You're, you're not doing that here. <laughs> you're not looking for that grand reveal and all of that. No, we make it clean, safe, and affordable. We fix what's broken and that's it. We don't put granite countertops and brand new tile and all of that. It's affordable living. It's a different brain space. So people are overpaying and they're overbuilding and then they're stuck with it and they can't sell it. And that's probably the biggest mistake I'm seeing today. See, I love that because you're absolutely right. And I think that's been one of the toughest things for folks to get is that the mindset does need to change as they enter the space. And you really do want to take the time to get properly educated. A lot of folks, I think, are just looking at the returns on paper without understanding what those numbers actually represent. So then they end up finding themselves in situations, like you said, where they will overbuild, right? They're looking at it. And the thoughts of what they think need to be done, it's like that doesn't need to be done, right? I mean, we see it when we're in different markets. I'm sure you experienced that between Milwaukee and Florida, right? Standards are totally different. Not saying that one is better than the other. They're just different standards because you're in different places dealing with different people that have different customs and normalities. So I love that, right? And I love the fact that you actually coach this, right? You teach this, you make it a point that, you educate students because I saw, I forget where it was. I think it was on your Instagram, right? You, you made a video that just lined up like what you needed and didn't need in order to get into real estate. And you know what you didn't need. It was like, well, you don't need money, but if you're going to not have the money, you do need the education, right? And that's crucial. So how would you recommend somebody? And I'm going to plug you, by the way, I would recommend anyone go talk to Robin if you need to know. But, you know, if someone were getting started, where would you recommend they go to begin the process of getting educated? Well, I think YouTube University is a great start because you have to decide if this is the road you want to go down. You know, so, um, you know, I when somebody comes to me and they're brand, brand new and they don't know a single thing about mobile homes, I just go say, don't go do a deep dive into YouTube and see if this is something that you're going to enjoy doing. And I totally understand that I might lose a student by doing that, but I much rather them kind of know before they spend any money doing it. Um, Cause you know, education, you know, it's everybody's out there, right? Like everybody has a program. And I think that all of us educators, you know, at least the ones that I personally know, um, we have a good heart. We have, you know, we all have pretty much servants' hearts. So, one program is similar to another program. It's just who do you resonate with? You know, who do you feel like you're going to connect with the best? And sometimes it's me, and sometimes it's not, and that's okay. And I'd much rather you get education than, you know, put you in a box with me. So I think they just need to decide if this is what if this is what they want to do because, you know, mobile homes can be dirty. 
and um, and you have to get dirty. Um, so it's like, what are you willing to do? Well, you know, a lot of people see this pretty picture of, you know, real estate and, you know, Lamborghinis and big watches and like, no, it's dirty and you have to deal with handymen and it can be stressful. And are you ready for that? Because I'm going to tell you what's real and not what social media tells you. And you'll, you will never see a post with me with a bunch of hundred dollar bills. <laughs> yeah. No, no, like Lamborghini in the back or no uh, jet with your face on it. <laughs> I mean, not today, you know, maybe in 20 years when I'm retired and I have a couple parks. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I love kidding. that. Right. Because you know what? No, it's serious though, because it is something that a lot of folks do step into this space, unfortunately, and the, the newer investors do get taken advantage of. Like that newbie pool where they're still extremely excited. I've seen a lot of online educators take those individuals in and they will allow them to keep the hype up, right? They will allow the expectations to be way up here where, yes, it is possible and people do do these sort of things, but like that's the 1%. Right. And those are like extremely talented, like that's talent mixed with luck, mixed with hard work, mixed with the right conditions. Right. Yes. That formula will create that one percent result where you get rich in six months. Right. But for the other ninety nine percent, there is a process that can be followed that will require work, that will require a bit of discipline and will require education. And I appreciate that you actually do take the time to make sure someone is actually interested in going further. Right. Because then they know they can trust you. And I think that's the most important thing. Right. When we have an educator, we want to know, can I trust this person? Right. Is this person genuinely coming from the heart? And what's nice about you is I know you. You genuinely care about people. And what's even better is you're actively in the industry. You're not teaching from theory. You're teaching from experience, which I would say anybody looking for a coach, a mentor, a teacher you want to find somebody that is actively living their message, right? That's one of the most important things. And they're doing it today. They're not doing it 30 years ago because they could have learned a lot, but the landscape, especially in entrepreneurship is always changing. So important that we find someone who's up to date. So Robin, I mean, that's what like I appreciate about you. And that's why I was excited to have you on the show. I think my guests know that all my listeners know that I vet my guests uh, heavily. I try to put, only good quality people in front of them. Um, and you are absolutely in that pedigree. Thank you. I appreciate that. It means a lot to me. And I, you know, one thing, so I have mentors, right? Like you, you never stop growing. You, you need to have mentors and coaches and stuff like that. And I remember um, about four months ago or so I decided I really need to go to the next level And, um, so in order to do that, I need somebody to kind of help me figure out how to do that shift. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was betting a couple mentors and this one guy's like, you need to have a program, how to make a hundred grand in six months. And, um, and he's like, you know, that's what it needs to be about. And I was like, okay, I think I need to fire you because you don't get it. You don't go out you know, you don't go out seeking somebody that wants to dive into real estate with a hocus pocus dream. Can it happen? A thousand percent. I just did a YouTube interview with one of my students. She took my class June 23rd. She's flipped over 20. She's wholesaled over 20 mobile homes and has a mobile home park already in 90 days. So can it happen? Yes, but it takes hard work, discipline, drive, and a desire to actually want to change your life. And she had all of those things. And so having somebody, you know, a student like that, it's like, I just won the student lottery, right? Like you, you tell them to do something and they do it. It's amazing. But uh, most times they don't do it. And so I don't want to sell somebody a dream that you can, can you make it? Yes. Have I made it? Yeah. My, my best month was like $83,000 in a month. Um, I haven't done it since. So it's not something that you can do on a consistent basis, but 
how great would your life be if it was just 10 grand, you know? So I just want somebody that it's like, okay, I just want to change my life and whatever that looks like. Um, and it could be mindset. It could be, I need to really get out of this bad domestic situation that I'm in. It could be, I'm losing myself in my nine to five. I don't even recognize myself anymore. Um, I have a student that she was, uh, she's black and she was being um, just ridiculed at work and facing racism. And she did nothing about it because she was so afraid to lose her job. And she learned mobile home investing. And she's like, this has changed everything, everything. I have another girl that was about to move into her car to live with her children, learned mobile home investing. So it's like, those are my people. That's who I want to reach. And that's the lives that uh, I want to be a part of changing. And can you, can you have the sky rocket dream a thousand percent, but let's have a tangible um, access to whatever you have coming in your life, whatever you are intended to, to be and do. I want to be a part of that. Robin, you are a rock star. Like I felt that like in my core, I was just like, wow, like seriously, like that's amazing. Cause I can feel it from you. You genuinely care. Right. And that is such a, like, you have to care. Right. And I love that. Like your community, they're lucky to have you. Seriously, because it's a lot of work, right? Having students, making sure that they're successful, making sure that you're doing everything to put the right information in front of them to support them how they are needed. That's a lot of work. And a lot of times like that goes unseen. And yes, your students do have to do the work as well, but it's a, it's a dance. You're meeting them halfway. You're extending your hand first. So I love that. So what I want to know from you, and these are like my two favorite questions I like to ask people, right? Because- you know, I believe mindset's super important. And one of my favorite ways of adjusting my mindset after having experiences is reading books, right? I think books are a gateway into new perspective. So for yourself, what can you name maybe one or two, no more than two books that were absolute paradigm shifts for you? So you pick them up, you read them, and you've just never been the same since. So I... I used to read on my phone, you know, it was just, I, or my laptop, but mostly my phone and I would read, um, electronically, but just recently I, I started doing the tangible books again. I used to have a grand book collection and I don't anymore. Um, but I just started it. And so now I, um, I pick a book and I set it on top. So you probably can't even read that one, but it's called nice racism and, um, so I, I, re I'm in the process of reading that book. So I do like a book, like this is my book of the month. Mm -hmm. And then last month was, um, believe it. And, um, and, um, it was by Jamie Kern and she's a creator of it cosmetics and she's, um, a heavier girl. And she was just told, nobody's going to buy anything from you because of how you look you know, in order to be in this industry, you need to look a certain type of way. And now she's a multi-billionaire and, you know, she's just, she's killing the game. So my, um, the types of books I read are so from one end of the spectrum to the other. Um, my, one, my, my, almost my favorite book is my, uh, Michelle Obama book, Becoming. Man, I love that one. <laughs> love her so much. Um, so just reading her book and her talking about her journey, I really like to try to expand my way of thinking. And, um, and it's in all parts of my life, right? It's not just business. It's who am I um, personally? How am I thinking? And how can I be a better human being on this earth? Uh, I also realized that I do have a small influence. And so it's really important that um, I learn to be a better person in this world. So, you know, I think I'm a pretty decent human being, but I also realized that, um, you know, there's always room for growth. So 
I'm not the, you know, like I read all of them, Buddha and the Badass. That's a great book. Um, you know, the subtle art of not giving up. <laughs> so, you know, I read all the typical, you know, think and grow rich and all of those books. But in this state of my mind, I just celebrated my 46th birthday last Monday. Damn. <laughs> I am at the point right now where like, I've read all the business books, but now I just want to be a better person. I, you know, I want to be um, somebody that can just help the world be better. And so those are the books I kind of lean to these days. I love that, right? Because it's a part of really developing yourself, right? And that journey never stops, right? It's just, it's a constant going, you know, it's kind of like exercising or it's like eating healthy. You don't say I ate that one healthy meal and now I never need to eat healthy again. It's a daily intake. So yeah. I do love that, right? And Michelle Obama is absolutely like, she's a beast. I love that. So incredible. She's so incredible. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think, so this book that I'm reading right now um, called Nice Racism is really made for white people that think they're not racist. <laughs> <laughs> and also white people that think they're pretty progressive. Like I think so. Um, but it's just, shifting our mindset, right? And um, how can we be better? And for all communities, right? So, you know, I used to say, well, I don't see color. And then, you know, last year, somebody was like, well, that's offensive. I want you to see my color. And I'm like, well, thank you. I do see your color and I appreciate you. Um, So how can I be better? You know, I just want, I just want to love better. And so I just, I always want to have open conversations on how I can just love people better. That's awesome. And that's really big, right? Because again, that's, that's perspective. That's connecting human to human. And I think that's something that is so valuable. And unfortunately it gets lost. Um, I find the people that it gets lost on are individuals that don't get to travel, right? That don't get to ever get outside of what they've already known and not to say that it makes them bad people, it's just they have a closed off view of life, of the world, of existence, because they only know what they've ever known, right? right. But traveling has this amazing effect on humans where you're able to live inside almost another reality, right? When you go to another country or you're in a brand new town, maybe you're from a big city and you go and live life in a small town for a few months, you know, it's, it's different. You start to appreciate how the other side sees. So... I love that you, you know, take the time to gain that new perspective because it's something that I think everybody can do and everybody should do regardless of who they are, where they've come from or where they're going. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to ask you this final question. And this is one of my favorite questions of all time. I ask every guest at the end of the show and it's this, I want you to imagine that tomorrow morning you wake up and as you wake up, you don't remember anything right? You don't remember your childhood. You don't remember all the different entrepreneurial journeys. You don't remember any of the lessons, the books you've read, the friends you've made, the experiences you've had. You are a blank slate. Now, as you're waking up, it's not like a horror movie. There's nothing to be afraid of, you know, so you know that you're in a safe place. And when you start to open your eyes, you're looking around and a thought starts to come to your mind, right? And whatever that thought is, you take it and you accept it, whatever it is, it's, you're just like, okay, this is the truth. I'm going to go forward with this truth. And that's what you begin to build the rest of your life on. Like that's the foundation, that first thought, what would you want that very first thought to be? Um, probably how can I be better? That's it. Like, I just always want to be a better person. How can I? help the world more? How can I serve more? So that's what I'm here for. I believe it. (laughs) I love that. So that truly is a servant heart. And, you know, that's, you know, that's something I picked up with you when, um, when I was down in Florida, you know, you absolutely do care about people. You it's there. It's genuine. It's not, you know, this, sometimes people, you get the feeling of when they're doing something nice for you. And it's like, huh, you want something in return that never came off of you ever. It was just, wow, she genuinely cares. Like she could never get anything from this ever. And it won't even be a second thought. 
So I love that about you. So Robin, I appreciate that about you. Um, For the people that are now like interested in wanting to learn more about you and also learn more about mobile homes, how can they get in contact with you? Like where should they go? So I have a brand new website. It's called mobilehome.education. And um, it's still being built, but the basics are there. So just be patient with us. We're, we re- we're rebuilding it um, for the new programs, but um, it tells a little bit about me, the journey, how to get a hold of me. So it's real easy, mobilehome.education. I love it. <laughs> how I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised that wasn't taken. So mobilehome.education, people would be able to go there and connect with you. And also follow you on YouTube, right? Because you have the mobile, mobile Home Queen on YouTube and you post some great content there. I'm everywhere. So Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Clubhouse. YouTube, uh, Clubhouse. I don't do Clubhouse as much anymore, but uh, yeah, I'm on all the socials. So um, TikTok is the new one. And it really exemplifies my personality is uh, I'm extremely goofy. (laughs) And so I'm having so much fun and I just want to be on TikTok all day. So I really need to learn how to monetize that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So I'm going to have the links for all that in the comments below. So if you guys want to give Robin a follow, just go click on the link. I highly recommend staying connected with her and reaching out if you were inspired by anything because her story is epic, right? And we barely scratched the surface. Um, I would highly recommend reaching out to Robin. And if something resonated, you know, shoot her a message. One of the cool things about when we do these podcasts is we're never quite sure who it's reaching until you guys reach back out and let us know if it's had any sort of effect. You know, I think that's one of the greatest things when you are able to get a comment from somebody, you know, months down the road and they're just like, that hit me and that helped. So you know, reach out. We're more than happy to hear from you. And Robin, I want to say thank you so much for making the time to come on the show today. I really appreciate you. And I'm so grateful to have gotten to know you over the past two years. Well, thanks, Marlon. I appreciate you having me. And um, I, I love the opportunity to tell everybody about the amazing asset class of mobile homes. So get on board. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, we'll have to do this again. Absolutely. Call me anytime. Okay, guys. So I really hope you enjoyed that interview. Once again, I ask that if you receive any value at all, I mean anything, if one thing stood out to you, leave a comment below. Let people know what that thing was. Let us know what it was. We do read all of the comments and absolutely share this with a friend. That is how we help each other, okay? The best thing you can do is pass on knowledge and information that's helping you grow. Send that out to your friends. Help them grow. Build your network and build your power team. Let's all get this together. So I want you guys to click that share button, click that like button, subscribe. Make sure you're here for the next episode. And remember that the greatness is already inside of you.